May I speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How many of us have committed, some would say a sin, some would say not, of re-giving Christmas presents that have been given to you? I can see some smiles, most of us I think, but I I think you'd be hard-pressed to find with what speed that happened to me a few years ago. I called to see some friends in Norwich only four days after the Christmas and was given a present, and as the present was given, it came with the words, I was given this book at Christmas, I've read it, and I think you should read it, as it will be a great help to your work in the hospice, where I am one of the chaplains. The book was called The Little Book of Resilience, How to Bounce Back, after and from adversity and lead a fulfilled life by Matthew Johnson, published in 2015. Now those of you who know me well will know that I don't often get to read books. I put it down to my dyslexia and that's my excuse and I'm sticking to it. But this book I could not put down. Maybe it was because it had lots of cartoons in it as well. Maybe it was because of also what was written in it. Within the foreword, Johnson quotes Viktor Franklin, who miraculously survived three years in a Nazi concentration camp, including Auschwitz. Franklin, in his book Man's Search for Meaning, says that while we may have little control over the events of our lives, what we have paramount control over is how we respond. Johnson goes on to say in the foreword, in many ways that is what this little book is about. We all have a story, we all have a journey, we bo- with both good and bad. We all have the ability to overcome difficulty and to grow from the experience. In this post-Christmas and pre-New Year season, we too face the onslaught of looking back with joy and sadness over the year that has almost gone, and looking forward with joy and maybe fear and trepidation on what 2020, not only a new year, but a new decade will hold for our families, our friends, our community, let alone our nation and the world at large. As I read this little book and then looked at the story that we have had in our gospel and what leads up to it, I found that in both accounts there was inspiration to face life in a more honest way. After Jesus' birth, the visit of the shepherds and the other rites of Jewish passage, Mary, Joseph and Jesus are still in Bethlehem when outsiders from in the form of wise men or kings arrive at the palace of Herod and start asking questions. It doesn't take long for an unstable king who is holding on to power only by the whim of a Roman occupying force 
to get a little jumpy. We all know the story of the escape to Israel, but as I sat down to write this address, I saw the story in a different set, uh, uh, with a different set of glasses, glasses of resilience. For to live the Christian life is a journey that is in great need of resilience. Johnson, in his opening pages, says this. Resilience is all about developing a degree of flexibility and acceptance when it comes to life events. It's not so much about what happens to you at the time of the event, but how you respond or bounce back afterwards. Our lives, experiences, upbringing, our families are all different. But it would be fair to say that most of us set out quietly hoping and secretly expecting to live a happy, successful, and healthy life. The foreign visitors to Jesus in the verses that precede our gospel reading knew in their heart of hearts that they were having to leave home and to travel on what could be a journey that would take them years. King Herod is so glass half empty that he appears to be afraid of his own shadow. Mary and Joseph are simply wondering what is going to happen next and wondering what God will be asking of them next. Up to this point, God has sent them angels, shepherds, an elderly man and woman named Anna and Simeon to prophesy over Jesus, and now wise and rich men to point them to the next stage of their role as parents, whatever that was going to mean for them in this context. By the end of the wise men's visit, Mary and Joseph have enough physical resources to help them to flee to Egypt. I'm sure that gold, frankincense, and myrrh would bring an income that was able to keep them in food and to put a roof over their heads during their time in Egypt. But they are also strengthened in their faith, in what God has assured them is his love and provision for the baby that, after all, was his son. Joseph awakes from his godly dreams and shares it with Mary. They both pack up their belongings and move as fast as they can to leave danger behind. But then the account moves into what we remembered yesterday in the life of the church, Holy Innocence Day, the day when we remember and recoil from the brutality of King Herod and the innocent lives of the young children and babies that were taken in what in this day and age would be called genocide. For the life of one, many suffered death, And as always happens, countless others close to the babies and children suffered what no parent should ever have to endure. As part of my job as a chaplain at the hospice, I cover nighttime on-call chaplaincies for all the hospitals of Sheffield. To be called in the night to baptize a baby that is not expected to live or for one medical reason or another, a baby's life support machine is to be turned off 
is one of the most challenging situations I and my colleagues as chaplains find ourselves in. There are no words that go anyway to describing the pain and the suffering of parents and of the staff who are looking after those babies or children. Each character in this account that we have heard today faces the question of resilience, which could easily be named or renamed faith and God's call on our lives. But how do we look forward with hope and faith? Many would say that January is a depressing time. Well, it could be because of post-holiday letdowns that have turned into failed New Year's resolutions, which are exasperated by short days, long nights, bad weather, the Christmas card credit bill that arrives late in January. This is also possible without all the possibilities of hardships and illnesses to be embraced. As chaplain at the hospice, I'm often asked, how do you work in such a place? Often followed by the words, with all that death and illness. We could ask the same of Mary and Joseph, the wise visitors to Jesus. You could ask the, it of the person who is sitting next to you after this service, if you like. How do you cope with the life that is given to you? One of the answers can be found as part of the final words of Johnson's book when he says, Appreciate little things. Nurture compassion. Find joy in the moment. Learn to quieten your mind. Strive for well-being. Speak from the heart. Grow from adversity. Always hold on to hope. And live with love. And I would want to simply add to that list the faith in and the forgiveness of God who is in the midst of all that is going on for us. We saw something of the outworking of this in Her Majesty the Queen's message to the nation and Commonwealth on Christmas Day when she said, and I quote, at the heart of the Christmas story lies the birth of a child, a seemingly small and insignificant step, overlooked by many in Bethlehem. But in time, through his teaching and by his example, Jesus Christ would show the world how small steps taken in faith and hope can overcome long-held differences and deep-seated divisions to bring harmony and understanding. Many of us already try to follow in his footsteps. The path, of course, is not always smooth and may at times this year have been quite bumpy, but small steps can make a world of difference. Her Majesty went on to say, as Christmas dawns, church congregations around the world joined in singing it came upon the midnight clear. Like many timeless carols, it speaks not just of the coming of Jesus Christ into a, diver, a diver, 
divided world many years ago, but also of the relevance even today of the angel's message of peace and goodwill. It's a timely reminder of what positive things can be achieved when people set aside past differences and come together in a spirit of friendship and reconciliation. And as we look forward to the start of a new decade, it's worth remembering that it is often the small steps, not the giant leaps, that bring about the most lasting change. If life has been or is going to be, in the words of Her Majesty for us, quite bumpy, we with the Queen have hope, a faith, and the means of resilience to look to the babe in Bethlehem, who was a refugee in Egypt, a young man who worked in Joseph's workshop, the man who did extraordinary things in his three years of ministry, was arrested tortured, crucified, and then raised from the dead, and ascended into heaven, and as John's Gospel puts it, to prepare rooms for his faithful followers. So I began with a story of re-gifting of a present. We are all charged this morning as we receive bread and wine, visible signs of God's love to us to re-gift this life-changing news of God's love and resilience to those whom we live with and those whom we will meet today. May I take this opportunity to wish you God's blessing and courage as you look into the new year ahead. Amen.